What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to a brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. Uh, Back again, motherfuckers. Yeah, three, Third, three weeks in a row. And, Joe, we've got the next three weeks already planned out. Fuck yes. And the notes are almost done for them because, as you may well know, <laughs> if you live in the U.S. at least, yes. it's February, apart from being... The month where your boy has his uh, birthday. <laughs> no, I don't want to say that. I'll be 37 this year. What's wrong with saying it? I don't At know. At least we don't look our goddamn age, man. Fuck off. Stop being ashamed of your age. Either way, I didn't plan on living to be 37, but I met Joe and she wants to keep me around and I guess have, keep having kids with you. Have unprotected sex because she, her wow. mother was Filipino Catholic and she said that she was agnostic, but I am starting to doubt it, Dreadhead Nation. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, apart from it being the birth month of your boy, it is also the smoothest, the coolest, the most soul-filled month of the year in the U.S., and we are talking about Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And because we're not total fucking assholes, we thought it would yeah, be we a- should recognize it. Yeah, it'd be a great thing because I'm going to tell you what, yes, percentage-wise, no. White people totally corner the market. On serial killers, at least in the U.S., you know what I'm <laughs> oh, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to all of my Nubian, Black, African American, whatever, however you want to identify my my people out there with a lot of melanin going on. There you go. I I'm we're gonna honor y'all all month long, and we're bringing you four episodes about some of the most prolific African American serial killers that America has ever seen. And of course, if you saw the title card when you clicked on this episode, we're kicking it off with the baddest motherfucker on the block, at least as the U.S. is concerned, and that is one Samuel Little. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, let's do some housekeeping real quick, Joe. Yes, please. So... For anybody who's new here or the old heads that need to be reminded, what is the best place for everyone to link up with all things that is Spread the Dread? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. What are they going to find there, Joe? Direct links to the most popular podcast platforms, as well as our social media, our merch store, and our donation tiers. Yes, and so we wanted to call a few people out. A, two people in particular. Our our main girl Cassie. That's she's an OG dreadhead. Yeah, goddamn. She has she's been, been around right. for a while. Yes, she has, and she was always wanting to 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 show some financial support to us. Yep. Had some stuff with her job. Got a new job that she's fucking digging like a motherfucker, and decided to bless the dread with a donation. Cassie, you know how much we love you, yes. and how great of a sense of humor you have to where I can make sexually. Uh, irrelevant or not irrelevant irreverent (laughs) remarks about you being a lesbian and you take it in stride and you come back week after week so cassie thank you so much for your donation you know how much we love you absolutely but we have a new dreadhead our israeli girl yes 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 that is miss martina who got on the board with a donation this past week as well and i'm gonna tell you what I've been looking at our stats on Podbean. Podbean is, of course, who who hosts and yeah. distributes us. Uh, and literally, oh, shit has been fucking hammered, man. Okay, so Hell, I don't. Yes. Either Martina is actually spreading the dread like she's supposed to, <laughs> or she is spamming the dread, and she's got like a burner phone, a laptop. <laughs> 
and like a couple of tablets and a cell phone. Our Israel numbers look fucking phenomenal. Our Israel numbers look suspect, to be fair, (laughs) Martina. So if if there's friends of yours, we don't need their money or anything, but make them reach out so we don't think that you have an unhealthy obsession (laughs) with Joe and I. Now, if you do have an unhealthy obsession, don't fix it. What's up? We just want to know what level of dreadhead we're fucking with here. I told her to go to the Wailing Wall and spread the word. Maybe she did. I don't know. But Martina and Cassie, thank y'all both so very much for your donations. Again, all the stuff y'all donate goes right back into this podcast for equipment and other stuff like that for beer. I was about Uh, to say John's beer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Joe can't drink anymore right now. So, but that is what it is. Uh, Also want to give a shout out now, really quick. Our five-star super spreader spread the dread stickers that you can get for free. Now, as of the beginning of this year, you can give us a five-star review on Spotify as well. Now, you can't write a review. You can only do the star stuff. On Apple, I was saying, hey, write a review, uh, and that was the way. But I'm changing it again. On Apple Podcast, if you just straight up leave us a five-star review. Just sign that shit. Or if you write a review on top of it. Or on Spotify, if you give us a five-star review, you screenshot that, send it over to our IG, our Facebook, or our Gmail. Again, all those details are on spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And you could get a free, uh, some free stickers just like we are going to be, uh, actually, hopefully, uh, yeah, by this point, we will have sent them because we are recording this a little early. To our man, Marty Bass, who's actually out of SC. Uh, he wrote, yeah, he gave us a, uh, he gave us a good, uh, review, um, and said that, uh, congrats on the new addition to the family. Of course, in the last, uh, episode or two, whichever one it was, we mentioned Joe is pregnant. Uh, welcome back. If you want to send me a sticker that'd be sweet attached, you will find two screenshots of my five star Spotify review. And zero photos of my micro penis. Uh, so Marty Bass, uh, you know what? We all got to work with what uh, Skyfather gave us. So no judgment there. And yes, either by the time this is airing, you'll already have your stickers or they're already in the mail. And this also applies to uh, Miss Christina Marie on Dread. Uh, not Dread. We're all on Dread. On Instagram. Uh, cookie underscore Marie one four. Uh, she's a dread head out of Virginia, and she also gave us a five star review on Spotify. So thank uh, you, absolutely both to both of y'all. Thank y'all so much for doing that. And again, that's all you gotta do, dreadheads. You get it's really it's even easier on Spotify. Honestly, well, no, it's about the math and the algorithms and all that. If you if you want to help out with actually spreading the dread. Hook us up on a review, five star, whatever. It just helps pull us up in the rankings. Maybe we'll find a few more people like us. Exactly. To join, join the... uh, The tribe. Yes. Let them come vibe with their tribe, man. And uh, so again, thank you uh, to Marty and Marie for the five star review. Again, by this point, you've already got your stickers or I promise you they are in route. And thank you again to Cassie and Martina for your donations. Again, Dreadheads. All you got to do to the five-star review, screenshot it, send it to us on Facebook, IG, or Gmail. And if you want to donate to us, hit up spreadthedreadpodcast.com, and you can do it there. 
or you can support us by buying some of that sweet-ass merch that was designed by our very own Johanna. So now, right before we get into this week's episode, I do want to remind everyone we didn't have a podcast promo swap this week, but if you have a podcast or a business or a website or anything like that that you would like for us to throw on here, we can do like a little swap or something, figure out how we can help each other out and you can let all the dreadhead know, uh, dreadheads know about your podcast or your business or whatever. Make sure to hit us up on IG or Gmail as well. We are down to help out anybody, so definitely hit us up with that. That is completely all the housekeeping yep. done, Joe. So let's get into this week's killer. Kicking off Black History Month with that strong stuff right here. <laughs> Mr. Samuel Little, the choke and stroke killer. Hard, long, I be stroking. <laughs> yeah, I choke oh, her to the east. I stroke her to the west. I choke and stroke the victim that I love best. <laughs> yes, that's who we are talking God about. damn it, and I'm having your third kid. Hey, you should have figured <sighs> it out off of the first one. But let's do like we always do and pass it over to Joe, who lays down that bio like only she knows. All right, folks. Uh, Samuel Little, he was born June 7, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia. He died December 30th, 2020 in Los Angeles, California. Recent, very recently yeah, very deceased. recent, yeah. Uh, 60 confirmed victims and 93 confessed. Yeah, and we're going to get into all that because literally, uh, if you've... Now, I doubt we'll ever cover this guy just because he's a little too mainstream, but Henry Lee Lucas. Mm, Uh, If anyone's familiar with that, where he was arrested for a certain amount and then just kept spilling the beans. Yeah. But a lot of of people speculate that Henry Lee Lucas was was just... He did out of fame Trying to delay. He was getting free milkshakes and cigarettes and a lot of different law offices were getting their books cleared, so... That's a whole other thing. And trust me, there's plenty of people who have done justice to Henry Lee Lucas. Again, I I won't say three years from now that we ain't getting desperate and we're running out of fucking topics and we'll cover him then. But we ain't covering Henry Lee Lucas anytime soon. And certainly not this month because that motherfucker was white. And it is a black history celebration (laughs) on the fucking dread this month. So, Joe, let's get into Samuel Little's actual childhood here. Okay, so his foundation. So, um, like we just said, he was born in Reynolds, Georgia in 1940. He claimed his mother was a prostitute, and but ap- soon after he was born, his family ended up moving to Lorraine, Ohio, where he was mostly raised by his grandmother. Lorraine, Ohio sounds like the place that would produce white serial killers. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like a Gary, Indiana. Right? <laughs> I didn't even know Lorraine, Ohio existed until I was talking or yeah, researching no this dude. I have no fucking idea where like, the fuck dude, that is at. He shouldn't have even been able to come a serial killer. One of the white serial killers should have got him first. <laughs> but that's not the case yet. So, um... Per his own confession, yeah. Joe, mm-hmm. he and this is this is fucked up, and this lets you know where sometimes we like to talk about like they're just bad from birth. Oh now, yeah, there's some that are. There's some that are, and again, now Samuel Little. Again, we're talking about a guy who was born in 1940 and didn't die until 1920. He was he was 80 years old. 2020. Sorry, night. Sorry, 2020. Yeah. 1920. Yeah. Yeah. He was born. He was dead 20 years before Three he years was before. conceived. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he was, you know, he was 80 years old, not the Mm -hmm. best record keeping going on in the forties and things like that. But per his own confession, Joe, 
he began having sexual fantasies about strangling women as a child. Now, his first remembered Mm -hmm. fantasy, and this dude had a decent memory because I don't remember shit about kindergarten. I do. (laughs) Well, you know, some of us, some of us work and drink for a living, Joe. (laughs) Some of us go to school so that they can eventually pay for their husband's much needed liver transplant. Uh, uh, But his first known fantasy actually happened when he was in kindergarten. And his kindergarten teacher was, you know, rubbing her neck, you know, for whatever reason, maybe she had an itch or, you know, she had one of them sweet ass turtlenecks on that as a guy who's always had three chins, I've never enjoyed wearing. Or she was wearing. north of 30 and just had a fucking crick in her neck. Yeah, who knows? But, <laughs> be, but him seeing her hand around her own neck at, at the age it of you know, that response. five or six years yeah. old. Yeah, you know, and... and Further lets you know that, again, not, not all of us boys believe in cooties or we're willing to risk it. You know, I, at, five, at five and six years old. You got your mama in so much trouble. Well, that was that time because my mom taught Chris. This is a little side note here, Dreadheads. Yes. My mom was a, a Christian school teacher. And when I was in kindergarten, I got in massive trouble because me and this other girl, I can't remember her last name. I know her first name was Ashley. Um, then and, just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, seeing as she was participating with me, she's probably just as fucked up as I am now. May <laughs> I hope she found her Joe, Joe with an E, because he's a dude, <laughs> or Joe with J-O, and she's gay. We don't care here. You guys know us. We hate everybody. Um, but we got caught showing each other our genitals underneath the, uh, you know, the tables where, you know, the groups sat for <laughs> kindergarten and... Well, that did not go over well with my extremely Southern Baptist Christian mother, who was also a teacher there. Fucking heart, man. But yeah, and I, you know, so I, I, I never thought they had cooties, and if they did, I wanted to see them. Um, and apparently Samuel Little had the same problem. Thank God I found my Joe, or I may have been. We, you and your other husband may, may have been doing an episode about me. You know? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, oh, so... but they don't shortchange me. I would have probably been a dyke by this point. <laughs> Stop giving Cassie hope. She's going to donate again next week, and then her missus is going to be like, why the fuck are you giving him so much money? And she's not going to be able to explain that very well. Um, but now, now when, when Samuel Little started in junior high school, Joe, he, he had constant issues with discipline, and he was a very generally a poor student. Again, there's plenty of dum-dums, and I don't mean that in a negative way, although it definitely sounds that way, but there is that lollipop called a dum-dum, and those things are delicious, especially <laughs> the root beer ones. My dentist used to give those out, ironically like fucking blue. enough, I guess, to get return customers. What a fucking <laughs> idiot he was. Uh, and f- my parents for letting me have a sucker after I just got my teeth cleaned. Um, but but th- that's indicative, you know, as well, you know, with your bachelor's in psych of, you know, possibly a warning sign. Now, again, you couple that with the fact that in fifth, you know, in kindergarten, he's popping a fucking teeny weeny woody over the fact that his, you know, teacher had a neck itch. We really got some problems going on there, Joe. But, um, not to get too far deep down the rabbit hole, I'm just going to say that, say yes, it. there are some people who are just born just fucking bad. I'm sorry, but, you know, that whole nature versus nurture, there is a genetic probability as well that's thrown in there just depending on who your your parentage is but it seems like there's a lot of 
aggressive feelings towards females in his life. And he, even if his mother was never founded to be a prostitute, he had no problem diminishing her name by calling her a prostitute. Um, she but could then, have just he, been a drug addict and she yeah. made, you know, she could have turned tricks, but he also said family. So I have no idea of the fathers in the picture no, or if they're no, also no, talking the dad, about siblings. The dad, to be honest, if Samuel Little had siblings, I couldn't fucking find it. Mm. I did a lot of, di- I figured, especially this month, it was going to be kind of easy because the four topics I have for Black History Month, they're all in US the US. Based, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. And, and, and Samuel Little, I honestly picked. Time-wise, when I was trying to get the notes done, I was like, okay, he's he's got this much going on. I'm going to find tons of shit. This is going to be the easiest yeah. research. Sometimes it, it depends honestly, on that era. It honestly yeah. wasn't. And next week's episode on Henry Louis Wallace is I've got way more stuff. Yeah. And and he doesn't have near the body count that, that Samuel Little does. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's hit or miss when it comes yeah, to that. It's so, the ebbs and flows yeah, of doing If, this if stuff. Little had siblings, I'm not aware. From best I could figure, the dad was never in the picture. Again, if we take Little at his word and his mom was a prostitute, who knows if she even knew who his dad was. Well, a lot of the times when you talk about, like, prostitution, there's usually, like, some type of chemical dependency involved and there could be the reason why he has so much aggression towards you know females that maybe he finds attractive or that he just comes across that i mean i guess outside of his grandmother because it doesn't say anything about his grandmother i couldn't find anything to where like she was abusive emotionally or physically or anything so he kind of was looking at his kindergarten teacher like he did his mother with this like absolute resolute is like i'm not even gonna look at you as a human being i just want to choke the shit out of you and so that makes kanye weston (laughs) shake the shit um but that just that makes me think that there is some uh i guess you could say foundational errors that her his mother made that made him aggressive you think that there was maybe any kind of like an oedipus thing going on Yes and no. I mean, I, you know, no, I love my Freud. I do. I, and I, I do and, love my and, Freud. And, and, and I think, uh, let me clear this because I know Oedipus, it, it's Greek uh, and has to do with sex. But yeah. I feel like the whole Oedipus complex can, can really say a lot for sons to their mothers or daughters to their father. And but there's not, no... And, and not reach sexual levels. It's yeah. all about the that desire. lack of nurturing, that lack of acceptance, right. that lack the of love. The shit that to, you're supposed to get as a right. kid. The desire now, to I be desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I can agree with that. Especially if his grandmother's mostly in the picture. His mom's not so much in it. He's got, if he's, she was a prostitute, if she was on, if she had a drug problem, then yeah, she had other things occupying her time more right. so than him. And yes, I could see where that, you know, Oedipus, Oedipus complex could come into play. It's like, okay, fuck this female fuck these other females because i didn't get this so yeah no that's definitely it's on the table i just wanted to bring up greek incest you know i haven't (laughs) had a lot of chances to do that on this podcast and at 25 26 episodes there we go you know i was able to finally do it but um so we established that in junior high and, and pretty much throughout the rest of his scholastic career he had a problem with authority and was not a very good student um but now, uh, in 1956, Joe, age of 16, mm-hmm. Samuel Little was convicted of breaking and entering a property in Omaha, Nebraska. Which and- makes sense, because he was already collecting true crime magazines in his teens that had, you know, covers depicting women being choked. Right. So and it kind of feeds up. 
Like, yeah, it so wasn't he, like he had an obsession with true crime novels. Yeah. He only liked the, 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 the magazines he that just had the wanted choking. that violent imagery. And of course, that's going to lead him to wanting to, you know, commit a crime. It's only get it, going to get him so much closer to that fantasy. Right. And so, Gotta you know. Got to start somewhere. Why it, not a little B&E? Absolutely. And because that B&E, he was held in an institution um, for juvenile offenders until he was 18. So this leads us right into his, like, kicking off point, life of fucking crime for Samuel Little. Yep. So in 1961, he was actually sentenced to three years in prison for breaking into a furniture store in Lorain, Ohio. Must have been an Ashley furniture, you know, something real top end. <laughs> you know, that high end, middle class shit. Whatever. Son's, <laughs> our son's furniture is from Ashley. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, he was released in 1964, and in the late 1960s, Samuel ended up uh, moving to Florida to live with his mother. So probably there's that disconnect. The be- yeah, probably not the best idea. She couldn't take care of you as a kid. I don't know why you want to move in with her know, as a man. I know, just yearning for that, you know, that maternal love, well, though. And, and let alone the fact that we and it wasn't stated in in any of the note or not notes, but the 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 articles and stuff i yeah. read but he was arrested in lorraine which is where his grandmother was where his mm-hmm. mother moved him but then suddenly he's out of jail and she's down in florida so i don't know at what point during samuel little's life his mother actually skedaddled moved back down yeah to florida there's no and he telling was left alone you know? but it, it's a call back to what i was saying previously is that that lack of maternal love and lack of a maternal attention so i think that she probably skedaddled pretty soon um regardless um so he moved to Florida, and during this time, he ended up working as a cemetery worker. Danger, and- <laughs> danger, warning, warning. <laughs> and as an ambulance attendant. Now, I won't say that, though. You say warning, warning, warning. My dad, actually, at the age of 19, went out to California and used to do uh, car accident cleanup for several years. That's fine, but if I if I Wikipedia... <laughs> or 20, I think If I 20. do a wiki for your dad's name, he doesn't fucking come up. Samuel Little does. My dad has a, such a white bread name, I'm surprised it wouldn't come up. <laughs> that is very true. Your, your dad, for not have been from the South, as a Southern gent myself, I'm like... I've heard that name. And not to spiral off, but my dad looked exactly like Dom DeLuise. If Dom DeLuise was playing John Wayne Gacy. Yes. yes your and, dad. And and the chef. Don, oh, Paul Prudhomme. Paul Prudhomme. Yeah. These three are fucking doppelgangers from one another. My dad and these two other guys. I swear to God. Uh, I, if I'm lying, I'm dying. They, like, and they all had a penchant for, <laughs> for being fat white guys, and they loved wearing cab driver hats. And they loved cooking. My dad loved to cook. I mean, to be <laughs> honest, like, let's be fair. We're, we're in Black History Month here. If you got someone cooking for you, is there anyone better to see back there than a fat white guy or a fat black girl? No. No. Nah, no. Nah. I'm going to eat that food with a plum. That's your word of the week, dreadheads. <laughs> yes, that's not I'm not eating it with a plum, which is a fruit. I said with a plum. Uh but yes, your yes, your dad may John he, over here trying to be fancy because I don't even know what the fuck that word meant. Yeah, yeah, you know. I gotta I gotta I gotta fucking strut my shit where I can, you know. 
And it's not always time for me to spread my peacock feathers, but there's sometimes. <laughs> so, but, but per his confession, prefer Samuel Lill's confession, around this time um, is when he began traveling more widely and having more run-ins with the law. And my God, did he travel and did he have run-ins with the <laughs> fucking law, Josh? Give us the fucking stats. Yeah, in 75. No, no, ni- this is by 1975. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't see that. Yeah, so let's by remember, 1975. Let's, let's remember, he moved down to Florida in the late 60s. He got out of jail yeah. in 64. Yeah. I couldn't pinpoint exactly so when he, he went down to 67 Florida. 67 to 69 even. Well, it could have been 65 to 69, to be fair. Well, when I say late, I always feel like that's across the median. Well, I would hope, given this criminal record, he had at least a solid close to decade <laughs> to do it. If he went down there in 69 and by 75, he had this kind of record? Yeah. I, wow. Yeah, I almost kind of, fuck, I'm almost impressed. Yeah, Dreadheads, I am too. So, by 75, he was arrested 26 times in 11 different states for crimes that included driving under the influence, fraud, shoplifting, solicitation, armed robbery, aggravated assault, attacks on government officials, and rape. No, I'd like and to I'm stop sorry there. I scoffed at attacks on government officials because no. I'm just like, that's not really a b- big deal, is it? Well, like, no. Unless you're like beating up on a fucking post. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Believe me, I, I promise you. And, and Dreadheads, I will, I will come to you with confession right now. I dug the hardest trying to figure out what government official Samuel Little fucked with. Because like, I'm just like, I was like, yo, I'm like, did he, did he fucking Go like, to a national su- park and like beat up on a ranger? Right. You know, did, did he just sucker punch a fucking postman? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Could not figure it oh out. Oh my God. Uh, I like to fucking have a romantic idea about what it was, but this was Samuel Little. God oh. knows what it could have been. Dying breed, romanticizing it. All right. I tried. I tried. I tried. But now, Joe, that brings us all the way up to 1982. Now, Dreadheads, we're getting into a point now where Samuel Little turns away from petty slash a little bit above petty crimes. I don't know where you stack some of these things, but uh, in, in the reports I read, they were like, oh, you gotta have a life of petty crime. And I'm like, armed robbery? Rape? I, I wouldn't consider rape as petty crime. Uh, everything else, yeah. Armed I mean, robbery's not petty. You can get some serious well, fucking thing, time though. for that. You can, but it has to do with, like, A, the dollar amount, and B, if the gun was loaded or not back in the day. Or armed robbery, I believe at some point in time, like, just being armed, even with just a knife, you could get hit with armed robbery. Okay, well, you know, whatever. I could be wrong. Feel free to correct me. I am not a fucking law student, y'all. If you agree with Joe, leave a (laughs) five-star review on Spotify or Apple. If you disagree with Joe, leave a five-star review (laughs) on Spotify or Apple. I was about to say, holy shit, you're going to really throw me under the bus for that, are you? No, no, no. All right, motherfucker. No, no. (laughs) You're pregnant and can still beat me up. I'm not doing that. Uh, But yeah, 1982, Samuel Little was arrested in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Now, Dreadheads, it's 20... What the fuck is that? It's 2020. It's 2022. And it's Black history month so let's just air some shit i don't know how samuel little was able to get out of pascagoula mississippi 
as a black man in the 80s backwards as fuck you know it's 2022 and just because i've got some cherokee and creole in me way down the line (laughs) and i can catch a good tan in the summer i'm not going to pascagoula mississippi and if you're a dreadhead from pascagoula mississippi you should leave us a five-star review on apple or spotify and then you should probably move out of pascagoula mississippi honestly it's like a white person moving to the ozarks and thinking they're not going to leave there without a fucking meth addiction (laughs) right no i mean that's what you go to the ozarks for you're like all right you should anticipate this behavior i want to see some white people that i can look at and go whoo there but the grace of God go I, and then within six months, there but the grace of God did I go. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, that hurt. <laughs> uh, but yes, now he oh. was in Pascagoula, Mississippi. He was charged with the murder of 22-year-old Melinda Rose LaPree. Uh, LaPree had actually been missing September of that year. Now, Here's where we get a little funky, dreadheads. Um, a grand jury. Now, I don't know how grand juries are assembled. We are Her, still talking about Mississippi. We are, though, ta- right? we are talking about Mississippi. So I'm wow. like, if this is a Mississippi in a Mississippiite <laughs> grand jury in the 80s that declined to indict him for murder, there's a lot of racial narratives that just fell apart right there. <laughs> I'm not saying overall, but in this instance, there was a lot of gray area going on here in the history of race relations of America. Uh, But they did. They declined to indict Samuel Little for her murder. However, while he was under investigation for the murder of LaPree, Samuel was extradited to Florida and tried for the murder of 26-year-old Patricia Ann Mount. Now, Joe Mount's body was found in September of that same year. So how could he be at two places at once? I don't know. Black magic? And that's not a racial thing. <laughs> that's not God a racial David thing. <laughs> that's not a racial thing. No matter- I mean, it, then again, if he liked traveling, he was probably burning up the well, roads. And actually, between Mississippi, said. Alabama, and Florida, like that's not a bad trip. That's really not. When it's you're talking not. about a guy who roughly over the course of I, let's let's be fair because he got out of jail in '64, and by '75 he had you know twenty. Well, plus. We can give him a solid ten. Well, yeah. you know what? Let's even be fair enough and give him a solid six to seven yeah. of traveling from Mississippi to Florida. Not a big deal. Yeah, you could easily shit. do that in a few days. Yeah. Fuck, you could do that in a week if you're hitchhiking back then. Yeah, yeah. Even absolutely. if you are black, you know, oh, <laughs> it's the South. I'm from the South. This is how we heal. Um, but yeah, Mount's body was found in September of that year. Now, witnesses identified Little in court as the man seen with Mount the evening before her disappearance. However, now this is Florida. Due to mistrust of the witness testimonies, Ah. Samuel Little was acquitted in January 1984. So we've got twice. Yeah. In a span of a year, year and a half, well, he got he gets picked up in '82, uh, and charged with the murder of a 22 year old in Mississippi. They, th- the grand jury, just you know, declined to indict him. Then he goes, maybe they declined to indict him because of the things going on in Florida. Maybe, th- maybe Florida convinced them they had a better case. Who knows? 
there there's no telling they probably shit. because they probably compared cases they probably compared oh this person has a witness where they the, or i'm sorry this case has a witness this one doesn't um but i actually think it's really interesting and i could be i could even be just um you know biting myself in the ass later on this because i have not read these notes but i find it interesting that they disapproved of the witness because they had a questionable you know the witness is questionable that lends credence to maybe the areas in which he was picking up his victims that these oh. were places where there was prostitutes people who were drug addicts and that was the reason why that witness testimony was discredited now don't no don't put me wrong <laughs> or right yet well, let's go through it it's going to happen but yes so <laughs> yeah so 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 uh, and that begin- lets you know that he's trying to kill his mom. Just gonna put that. What that's what well, made me all feel. Right, all right. So so let me say what I was gonna say, and then let's as we progress, keep that thought in mind because okay. I would love to hear someone with a psych degree kind of push that. And I'm sure our fucked up audience <laughs> and our dreadhead faithfuls and our new ones, and especially uh, was it what was it Martina, the Israeli. You know, who listens on seven devices throughout the fucking day, unless she's telling a lot of people, they're going to want to hear that too. But yes, we're wrap, we're, we're not, we're wrapping up, but we're, we're wrapping up the very first part of 1984 with Samuel Little literally dodging two times where he was, he was, he didn't escape law enforcement. He was brought His neck in. was on the fucking line. And, and he still got out of it. Due to a jury's failure to indict him and a mistrust of a witness, he potentially walked away scot-free from two murders he had committed. All right, so after Samuel Little gets off for this shit, he moves to San Diego. Um, well, the San Diego area. Yeah, San Diego, I, I sorry, not, San, Diego, San Diego area of California. Again, I'm, I'm the one doing most of these notes because you're busy with nursing school and stuff, and, and I've got you. the kind of job where it, if I don't have something to do, there's I, I can't create work for myself. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I'll, be, I'll throw down some research and then plug away the notes in the evening, so... From here on out, if you're like, well, this the, the 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 quality of these episodes have dropped, that's not my fault. It's Joe's <laughs> fault for trying to better herself and going to nursing school. Oh Blame her. Uh, but yes, yeah, I, I there was no pin. The best I could find was the San Diego area. So we're definitely talking deep that's South fine. Cali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, in October of '84, he was arrested for the kidnapping, beating, and strangling of 22-year-old Lori Barros, who s- actually ended up surviving the fucking ordeal, like yep. the entire attack. Yes, yeah, she did. Only a month later, police found Sam a little in the back seat of his car with an unconscious woman who had also been beaten and strangled. So he's he's already, you know, he's got his modus. Operandi. There like, is a pattern it, emerging. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, this was um, actually the same location as the attempted murder of Barros. And since both women actually survived, Sam Little only served two and a half fucking years in prison for both of those crimes. Well, it's SoCal, you know. You know. Again, I feel like they were probably prostitutes with rap sheets. And that's the only reason that cops and the district attorney didn't push for more. I, I mean, that, that is a possibility. If you guys have listened to us, you know Joe and I, I take speculate. a very... Li- we, we, well, no, but we take a very libertarian stance when it comes to shit. We're, we're all about as little 
not like anarchists, but we want as little law as possible with what people choose to do. So I'm very pro-prostitution. Absolutely. I would like there to be some shit so that these, these girls and guys and either or neither nors are protected. If they decide they want to do sex work, they should have you the should protection. You should be allowed to We're fucking do that because that's your goddamn body. It's, so yep. when people come out here and they walk at me like, Oh, my body, my choice. Same for fucking prostitution, Absolutely. bitch. That is a blanket statement. You say my body, my choice, you do not get to suddenly decide where that right ends because me and Joe are my body, my choice all the way. Unless you're committing a violent crime, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you do. Yep. And you do your thing, boo, or dude, or what the fuck ever. I don't <laughs> give a shit, but... uh. But yeah, but especially back in that time period, yeah, even in even in some place that we all consider so liberal, a liberal bastion yeah. like California, prostitutes just were not given a shit about. No. They kind of saw it as but a win-win. But that's the problem with our like, society. Oh, that is the problem with condemning prostitution is because prostitution and substance, substance abuse end up fucking... Uh, coinciding with one another and we tend to deem them as like lower than the low. That is the fucking problem with the United States when it comes to prostitution. Well, Just going to say that I, and I'm going to get off my soapbox I would dare I ain't say, trying to be that bitch. I would dare say that <clears throat> that happens because of... Because we don't the, support people. Well, it's also because of the illegalization of prostitution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you probably don't have those... You need those... a pimp for protection because the government ain't going to help you out for doing something that you actually might want to do. Well, yeah, but you probably don't have those kind of problems in places like Nevada. Yeah, like the bunny ranch and shit. Yeah, right. you don't have that issue. Right, I would imagine. or even You don't hear about it at least. Right, or internationally, places like Amsterdam and probably... Europe seems to be really all about loving some whores, and I am fucking down <laughs> well, for Southeast all that. Well, Southeast Asia as well. Oh, yeah, you know, but, you, get, you know, if, if it's your body, your choice, you should fucking protect it. Oh, but it. if it's not the United States, they're not doing it right. Hey. Yeah, well, Anyways, sorry, as we're, an, as we're getting an, on that tangent. As an American I'll be who loves Morrissey, I'll be the first one to, to quote him and say America is not the fucking world. Yes. Any there you way. go. All so right. yeah, Little was released in February of '87, and he immediately moved to Los Angeles. And over the next two and a half fucking decades, Little would commit at least ten additional murders while moving around the country and avoiding arrest. Right. So I, I honestly, the the stroke and choke killer. It was his modus operandi, which we'll get into. But honestly, like, I don't know. I, I would have came in, I would have tried to have named him something as far as being nomadic. Because this dude, I mean, if Papa was a Rolling Stone, Papa was Samuel Little. That motherfucker got his role on. He bounced. And it's crazy, especially, you know, fuck, even the episodes we've done, most of them do not have geographically the breadth that Samuel Little did for his crimes. And the mm-hmm. fact that it went so long, and this, this is going to get us into Samuel Little's final arrest, which did not take place until near the end of 2012, September of yeah. 2012. It hasn't the- even a full fucking decade yet. Uh, from what? Since his final arrest, September no. of 2012. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're in 2022 now. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, we're nine, eight months short of at the a time decade. Of, at the time of recording this, we're only a, a fuck like a month and a half from his exit from his death. Yeah. 
And, and so, again, this guy just moved fucking around. And it's crazy. You can actually see. We didn't choose the picture of this um, uh, for our thumbnail. But if you go and look up, like, Samuel Little Serial Killer in Google and go to, like, the images, it's crazy. There's actually images that are, like, a, a chronological timeline of his arrest with mugshots and how often this dude was arrested. And then you hit a spot where you hit this big ass gap where, which we're literally we're talking about, you know, how he, and he not to cut you off again, that lends lends credence to the victims he was picking up personally for me. Possibly, you know, if, if for some pick- reason yeah. we, we always put people on a totem pole and certain crimes on certain types of people end up going, kind of going under the fucking radar. Yeah, they oh, go by the wayside. They're drug at, Oh, they kind of oh, deserve they it. O- in the they OD'd or their their goddamn job. Or their pimp was who yep. fucking got tired of it. Yep. Or they met a John who was abusive. Whatever. This one less uh, rat on the fucking street. Yep. It's not right, but it is. Absolutely it is not. the way the shit was. But I mean, you can literally on that that chronological timeline I'm talking about is the gaps represented. From like how we said, you know, he was released in February of 87. And then, you know, for the next two and a half decades, he kind of fucking ran about and and with complete uh, freedom and prejudice to do what the fuck he wanted to. And then was suddenly arrested on September 5th, 2012. That, That timeline photo shows that. But Getting back to the point, on September 5th of of 2012, Samuel Little was arrested at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, he was was extradited back to California for for narcotics charges. Mm. I, I could not find what the fuck the narcotics charges were. Again, you know what? I'm sure my NSA, CIA, and FBI agent are listening right now, and I I say this with all fucking uh, unabashedness, that uh, suddenly they're interested because it seems like maybe Samuel Little owed some tax money. When I hear narcotics charges and someone getting brought up, I think about a lot of people back in the day when me and Joe used to be potheads, fucking god damn a decade and a half ago at this point uh some of the great people we knew who slung a bit of weed and every time they got popped they were getting a little bit too successful and suddenly the government popped up and all of them were able to walk as long as they could pay the tax value on the drugs they actually sold now i won't say his name and not to get off on another tangent but our dude c yeah My favorite. Great guy. Oh, my God. Y'all, he he had a family. He busted his ass he at his still fucking see, job. He has still sent you Merry Christmas yes. texts. And Happy Mother's Day. And yes. I ha- we have not <laughs> we smoked have not in over a fucking decade. Yes. And like fucking clockwork, I get a, hey, Merry Christmas and a, hey, Happy, happy Mother's Day doing that hard-ass job. I would literally always text him on fucking Father's Day to do the same fucking thing. Because yep, that was the he... only reason this motherfucker did what the fuck he did was because the job he had, because he'd gotten popped at way too young of an age, 
Uh, thanks, 90s. I'm not going to go into politics. But thanks, the 1990s wait, that on your Bill, drugs. But that was Bill Clinton. He, yeah. Well, oh, wait. Hold on. You're saying no matter what letters beside their name, they're not for the people? Exactly. <gasps> Sorry, we're spreading dread here, Two not truth. Two different wings. Same goddamn bird, We're spreading dread, not truth. Shut it down, Joe. Go back to how great. Just in case C's listening. Oh, my God. I no, know actually, much, I'm going to end up texting him be like, Jimmy, yeah. we shouted you out. I'm going to well, see I want to hang. If, if, as long as he doesn't bring weed over, because I might be tempted again. <laughs> But I would love to hang out with him. He I was know. literally the nicest guy. I know, ever. absolutely. But no, um, but no, he he was wonderful. He had gotten pop when he was like sixteen or seventeen years old. He could go. He he only could get like a like you know um like an hourly job. He'd work two of those. It wasn't cutting you know cutting the cake. He had like four fucking kids or three or four fucking kids by the time we knew him. He slung on the side. He paid his fucking taxes. Yep. He, I mean, he tried well, not staying... A, not his weed taxes, apparently. <laughs> but how do you yeah. claim that But he would stay busted? under the radar as far as, oh. like, he, he, I mean, it was by the books, fucking taxes he and all He didn't even drive that. a flashy car no, or nothing. he drove the shittiest car he possibly could. And on our side of Charlotte, when we lived up there... You did not want to have any attention drawn to you. The no. car he was driving would not draw any goddamn attention to you. Nope. And But he had a nicer car on his side of Charlotte. Yes, he did. And he made sure his his wifey yep, was she, actually she, the she, one yep, running the kids one. back and forth in a nicer, more dependable vehicle. And I got but to go to that neighborhood them, a few times. And, and it was nice as fuck. Nicer mm-hmm. than the one we were living in. Well, no. Yes. The, well, the, it was the place fine. I saw. I mean, was, that place was so goddamn nice. I'm like, Fucking hell, Maybe man. you went to a different one, though. I was in, if you live in Charlotte, you know this area without me fucking saying it. <laughs> and it was probably fine. It lived in a very a very nice place. It was, you know, it looked like a middle class thing. Oh, you're talking about there near Johnson's Yes, man? yes. Yeah. Where That's literally the place I'm talking about. The moment, nice it was fine compared to us. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I just didn't want people to think he lived in a fucking, like, five fucking oh, bedroom no, 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 shit. no, 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 no. He lived in your normal brick yeah. and fucking mortar middle class place. But now, as soon as I turned on this road, and we're talking Black History Month here, so let me go ahead and put my cracker ass out there by saying this. <laughs> I turned on to this road, and literally the streetlights were no longer blinding people. My complexion was what was blinding people. <laughs> I can see this that same over there. Sh- This same street had a giant megachurch where Louis Farrakhan spoke. <laughs> so that lets you fucking know. But everyone was very cordial. Once they figured out that I didn't have a You were a badge, there for a reason. <laughs> right. They saw me turn on a certain street and they're like, oh, that white boy's here for weed. <laughs> yes, I was. And I never snitched on anybody. I kept it like Cameron. <laughs> but yeah, see, but yeah, back to it. But yeah, he, he eventually got caught up. And the same thing with, with Shaggy. It was it was about the money. Yeah. Every time we knew anybody, it was about the money. So again, let's get back to Samuel Little yeah. here because that's who we're talking about. Uh, so I would imagine that's why when they talk about narcotics charges, there's no proof that this dude ever fucking went down to Columbia and yeah. fucking ran shit on a boat or a plane or anything like that. More than likely because he had some arrest record and, it was and just shit the like that. Easiest thing to get him up off the street. Yep, he was probably easiest. was slinging, selling, or maybe well, they call that doing... the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah, or, or maybe he did a little bit of muling and shit like yeah. that, but whatever. Yeah, but was in the drug. So of course the government's like, aha. Now we can arrest him and put him behind bars and maybe get a little bit of moolah. Or if he's sitting on some drugs, 
we can take those and then redistribute them into the communities like we like to do. Yes, I motherfucking said it. Yeah. NSA, FBI, CIA. Howdy, motherfuckers. And if, if any of the dreadheads are listening and then don't believe that, please go do your own research. Yep. Just gonna we put that out there. Lying, they are dreadheads. If we're fucking lying, no. we're done. There's not a dreadhead listening. It's just not like a preach. <laughs> fucking preach. But yeah, so uh, he was extra, Samuel Little was extradited back to California to face narcotics charges. Now, while he was detained there, Authorities uh, performed some DNA tests and established that Samuel was involved in the murders of, of three separate women. This is the ones that they could prove right then and there from the DNA test, dreadheads. Uh, that was one, Carol Eileen Elford. Uh, the, the suspected date of murder um, was July 13th of 1987. Guadalupe Duarte Apodaca, which was uh, September 3rd of 1987. And finally, Audrey Nelson Everett, uh, Everett, uh, which was August 14th of 1989. Now, all three women were actually killed in the same fashion and were found dumped on the streets of Los Angeles. I stroke it to the east. <laughs> I choke it to the west. It's a stroke and choke killer, and there's yeah. a reason he's got that name. Um, so upon the discovery, uh, Little was then extradited to Los Angeles and was officially charged on January 7th of 2013. Yep. Now, a few months after being charged, police announced that Little was under investigation for vol- it, it, in the involvement for more than three dozen other murders that were committed in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, the LaPree, the, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to fuck her name. LaPree. LaPree, the LaPree. There we go. A uh, case was reported due to this investigation. And in total, Little was tested and investigated for the involvement in 93 murders of women uh, in almost 20 different states. Um, he was tried for the murders of Elford uh, Apodaca and Everett in September of 2014. And on September 25th of that same year, he was found guilty for all three and sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So on November 9th of 2018, uh, Little confessed to the 1996 fatal strangulation of Melissa Thomas. Now, I, I do want to uh, preface this, but though it's not a preface oh, it, because you've already talked. I know. Yeah. So at this point, yeah, Samuel Little, he was found guilty for all three of the murders they could DNA link him to. Mm-hmm. Sentenced to life without the possibility of now parole. Now it's time to spill my guts. Right. He's kind of selling the prison life. We're talking about uh, just a touch over four years of being in prison. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess at this point, I mean, shit, we're talking 2018. Uh, he was born in 1940. Mm-hmm. So that's 60, C78. Yeah. So at this point, he's like, I'm not long for this motherfucking world. Time to get up my goddamn But on top clout. of that, I'm like, are you sure you're not like, you know, uh, suffering from dementia at this point? Like, are you sure you remember this uh, shit? His, well, his no, testimony no, the, the, confession the, the, should be suspect to a certain extent. No, the facts end up linking him, and you haven't read these notes. No, I haven't. So I'm just it, it speculative. Will, that will come back around and keep in mind the thing you talked about with possibly the, the prostitution murder oh, okay. and shit like that as okay. we go along. But Thanks yes, for the reminder. 
Yes, as Joe stated on November 9th of 2018, Little confessed to the 1996 fatal strangulation of Melissa Thomas. Joe, continue. And then on November 13th, 2018, shout out to our eldest, um, Little was charged with the 1994 murder of Denise Christie Brothers in Odessa, Texas. Now, he actually ended up confessing to the crime to a Texas Ranger of in May of 2018, and he ended up pleading guilty to the murder on December 13th, 2018 and received an additional life sentence. Yeah. A lot of 13s. I, well, you <laughs> Is know. Is that not weird? As, All right. you know, yes. As yeah. someone who considers 13 his lucky number and it's never done anything fucking remotely lucky for him apart from his two kids who were born on the 13th day of their month. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Don't give me that look. All right. So now when Little was charged with the murder of Denise Christie Brothers on November 13th of 2018, the Ector County Texas District Attorney and the Wise County Texas Sheriff's Office announced that Little had confessed to dozens of murders and may have committed. Brace yourself, Dreadhead. This is why we're kicking off Black History Month with Samuel <laughs> Little. May have committed more than 90 murders across 14 states between 1970 and 2005. Now, Joe... Bring us back down to some actual dates here, and let's talk about November 15th, 2018. Yep, and that's when the Russell County, uh, Alabama District Attorney announced that Samuel Little had actually confessed to the 1979 murder of 23-year-old Brenda Alexander, whose body was found in Phoenix City, Alabama. On November 16th, 2018... He was was just going back-to-back on shit for days. Yeah. Um, and Macon, Georgia, sheriffs announced that Little had uh, credibly confessed to the 1977 strangulation murder of an unidentified woman, as well as the 1982 strangulation murder of eight-year-old uh, Fredonia Smith. Now, obviously, he's just, you know, he's just rattling shit off. But around the same time, Little also confessed to the 82 murder of 54 or 55-year-old Dorothy Richards and the 1996 murder of 40-year-old Daisy McGuire. Uh, the bodies of both women had been found in Huma, Louisiana. Yeah, so this is what we're talking about with him, him, him spreading things out uh, amongst, you know, potentially a dozen or more states. But especially, it should be noted that they were talking about credible credible confession meaning that he either gave he disclosed information that would only been known by investigators or the killer themselves some kind of detail as far as how they were killed where they were picked up that you know maybe it cooperated with a witness so on and so forth so credibility means that there was additional facts he could provide that did actually link him that the the common person wouldn't have known. Well, and that's why earlier in the episode I mentioned Henry Lee Lucas because, mm-hmm. again, you're taking law enforcement's word. I, I'm not here to do any kind of fucking one it. way or the other. I wouldn't always take law enforcement's word. I'll say it. I don't give a fuck. Uh, that's fine. I, I, but I, we're not arguing one way or the other with it, but it, it particularly, particularly if you study Henry Lee Lucas, you will find a several law enforcement agencies that were very happy to let him give Semi-credible, semi, uh, 
um, applicable details about a certain murder, and then, boom, they can close the case, and mm-hmm. it looks good for them, it's good for their department, it's good for their revenue, yada, yada, yada. And I would say that, yeah, that very much happens in your larger cities, where I I didn't find anything credible with Los Angeles. If they'd have been like, oh, there's 90 some other we can link them up with. All right, here we go. There's somebody well, clearing off goddamn books. You know, your larger metropolitan areas, they, they have a gigantic caseload, especially when it comes to cold cases. And if they're going to find somebody they can shove it off on, fuck it, they're going to do it. Well, but to play devil's advocate to that, what do you think the murder rate is in Huma, Louisiana? Exactly. Versus Los Angeles. So if Huma, Louisiana has two or three murders that year, from a percentage standpoint, it 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 coalesces with what you would look at your percentages in a larger city. I give you that too. So, so, so there is that aspect of it. Again, we're, I'm just, we're just giving you the fucking notes here. Dreadheads. We can, we can discuss this till the cows come home and, and who knows, uh, you know what we're, you know, what we're really going to know at this point. I mean, the guy's fucking dead. Who knows? But however, let's continue on Joe. Uh, on November 19th of 2018, mm-hmm. Harrison County, Mississippi Sheriff Troy Peterson, that's a white-ass name, <laughs> said Little had confessed to strangling 36-year-old Julia Critchfield in the Gulfport area in 1978. Little stated that he actually had dumped her body off of a cliff. The very next day, on November 20th, wow. 2018, Lee County, Mississippi law enforcement officials announced that Little had admitted to killing 46-year-old Nancy Carol Stevens in Tupelo, Mississippi in 2005. Again, the very next day on November 21st of 2018, Richland County, South Carolina, Mm -hmm. shout out to my South (laughs) Cackalack, uh, Richland County, South Carolina authorities announced that Little had confessed to murdering 19-year-old Evelyn Weston, whose body was found near Fort Jackson, South Carolina in 1978. Now, that same month, we're still talking November 2018, Little confessed to having killed 20-year-old Rosie Hill in Marion County, Florida in 1982. Now, Dreadheads, I'm not trying to skate through these, but I'm literally kind of I'm, I'm literally kind of giving him to you with the same rate that that little was confessing cuz it was literally it was just back to back so then we got again November 27th of 2018 the FBI announced that a violent criminal apprehension program team had confirmed 34 of little's confessions and was working to match the remainder of Samuel Little's confessions to known murders or suspicious deaths. This then leads into December 2018th, Joe. Little was indicted for strangling Linda Sue Borge, 23, to death in May 1981 in Warren County, Kentucky. Now, her body was found on May 15th, 1981, near U.S. Route 68. Joe, one of Little's victims 
was identified in December 2018 as Martha Cunningham of Knox County, Tennessee, who was 34 years old when Little murdered her in 1975. And following right up with that, on May 31st, 2019, uh, Cuyahoga County... Oh, Cuyahoga. Oh, well, fuck That's off. That's the way it's pronounced. I don't care. I know you don't. <laughs> but I like to sound smart. You always sound smart on this, so, you know... <laughs> Cut me down. I had, no, I just got to get mine <laughs> in where it comes. <laughs> um, so uh, you said Cuyahoga? Cuyahoga County, Cuyahoga Ohio. County, Ohio. Prosecutors announced that indictments with four counts of aggravated murder and six counts of kidnapping um, that accused Little of carrying, uh, killing Mary Jo Payton in 1984 and Rose Evans in 1991 in Cleveland. Both victims were actually strangled and dumped. So again, going back to his his modus. Uh, I'd be stroking to the east. (laughs) I'd choke it to the west. I'd stroke it with the victim that I love best. (laughs) I'd be choking. (laughs) The body of Rose Evans, 32, was found on August 24th, 1991 in a vacant lot on East 39th Street. As for Peyton, an anthropologist had to create a model of, of, you know, what she actually looked like. Um, But she remained unidentified until 1992 when Cleveland put her thumbprint in an FBI database and actually got a match. Now, Little confessed to uh, to killing another Cleveland woman in 1977 or 1978, and she was murdered in one of those years and was not found until March 18th, 1983 in Willoughby Hills, Ohio, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. Um, her body had been actually dumped at down a, like a grassy slope, like kind of off of a grassy hill and near a fence in a wooded area just off of Interstate 271 when her body was found by a man walking his dog. Only her skeleton, some clothing and jewelry remained. Uh, little confessed Joe to killing one woman in Akron, Ohio. Two in Cincinnati, uh, for those outside of the U.S., Cincinnati's also in Ohio. One of the bodies uh, were, was dumped outside of Columbus, Ohio. And one woman he met in Columbus, Ohio, uh, he, he disposed of her in Kentucky. Of the two women little murdered in Cincinnati, one was identified as Anna Stewart, 33, whose body was dumped in Grove City, Ohio. Uh, he killed the other woman between 1980 and 1999. Jeez. That's a big swath of Fucking dates there. Yeah. Uh, the quote, Jane Doe, was anywhere from 15 to 50, as the details of her age and the date of her murder were very unclear. Uh, she was black, slender, wore glasses, lived in the over the Rhine neighborhood of Cincinnati, um, and little left her beside a cigarette billboard in Ohio. Now, we just keep rolling here, folks. <laughs> June 7th of 2019, little was indicted in Hamilton County, Ohio, for murdering the two women that he had killed in Cincinnati. Uh, That brings us up, Joe, to November 2020. Little confessed to two Florida murders, uh, for one of which another man had actually been wrongfully convicted of prior. Wow. Um, 
Little actually, and if you if you look at the the the, the, imagery. the, the image we yeah. have for this, you'll see those those women's faces. Those are all actually Samuel Little sketches, and that's not all of them. That's just a sampling of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Little drew portraits of many of the women he killed. Uh, these portraits were released by the FBI, Joe, in hopes of someone identifying the women. Uh, and at least one of the portraits went on to solve a cold case in Akron, Ohio. So luckily, this brings me to my like favorite portion of any kind of fucking case we do. Yes. It's a death. <laughs> kill him. Kill him. Yeah. Kill him all. Kill him all. Um, Little died on December 30th, 2020 in a Los Angeles County area hospital. He actually used a wheelchair and had diabetes and a heart condition, which... You know, I think about medicine, those things are indicative of one another. Anyways, although California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation Sources indicate no final determination as to the specific cause of death, Little suffered from diabetes, heart problems, and other health conditions. So he essentially died of natural causes on taxpayers' dimes. Yay, us. But at least this motherfucker's dead. And at the ripe old age of 80. Yep. So not only did he do what he did. He had great cardiovascular health because of everything he had been doing. I'm telling you, from from all the shit he fucking endured on his psyche, living to 80, not bad. Yeah, he didn't give a goddamn. Not bad. And so that brings us to the end of the facts of Samuel Little. Now, Mm -hmm. Joe, I did the notes. Yep. You, You came into them fresh. Yep. But you also are very familiar with Henry Lee Lucas. Yes, I am. And now everyone, if you're thinking about that fantastic movie, Mm -hmm. uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer with Michael Rucker, that is so goddamn loosely based on Henry Lee Lucas. It's almost not worth even thinking about. Great movie. Zero really to do with the actual man. Yeah. Now, I want you to tell me after, after going through this and talking, is it safe, and God knows I don't mean this in a negative way, because it's Black History Month, y'all fucking rest up here. <laughs> Samuel Little, to me, strikes me as the Black Henry Lee Lucas. We have a lot of law enforcement officials and departments who are saying, basically, only, that he gave credible testimony to them and to them alone. Mm-hmm about these murders and they wrote them off their books so with 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 samuel little and i don't think it's even a knock to put him in the same vein when i say like the black henry lee lucas or someone like that uh because to me it should it should honestly secure samuel little's i know we fucking hate these people everybody i know but if we didn't know about them this podcast wouldn't exist you wouldn't have your interest in this shit. So <laughs> let's go ahead. Spread the dread and all let's the dreadheads. Yeah. Spread the dread and all of its dreadhead fans out there did not create these monsters. We simply find them fascinating and yeah. worthy of talking and listening about. They're to, a case study on the depravity of humanity. That's right. it. Right. To me, though, Samuel Little at least should be as well known as Henry Lee Lucas. A lot of people, when it comes to Henry Lee Lucas, his pop culture notoriety 
centers around things that he confessed to after he was already given his life sentences. He's already arrested. He's already convicted. He's behind bars. He's going nowhere. Uh, Again, we're not going to cover Henry Lee Lucas anytime soon, uh, but I can't remember exactly how many murders he was actually convicted for, which is so often the case with serial killers, where even after the fact, if they they quote-unquote can credibly link them to these other murders, we still have to remember we are taking law officials at their word. I'm not knocking law officials, but let's be fair here. They human get error these, is human error, no matter what role you're Not only play. that, but when they get these unsolved crimes off their books, it looks good. It looks good for their mm-hmm. funding. It looks good for any sheriff that's running for re-election. Yada, yada, oh, yeah, yada. Yeah, yeah. There, there's I, vested there is, interest in, in making sure these cases uh, go closed. Yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. am not knocking yeah. anybody, but let's call a fuck. Let, let's fucking be straight about this. Yeah. We have to look at both sides of it. And clearly, when you're talking to me and Joe, you're talking to someone we ain't got no loyalty except to each other and to you motherfuckers out there who fucking love us. So if some if something can be suspect, we should at least mention it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you'll have to actually refresh my memory. When it comes to Henry Lu- Lucas, wasn't it after the fact that some of the, the confessions that he had made were uncooperated like they found out like oh no he probably was bullshitting because this doesn't line up this doesn't line up or am i thinking of gaskins uh no i don't think you're thinking of gaskins you are thinking of lucas because everything that pretty much happened post lucas's arrest and his conviction were people from various law enforcement agencies in various states, cities, counties, yada, yada, coming out and saying, oh, he said this. Okay. And that corroborates. Again, maybe every single one of them were above the cuff, and Henry Lee Lucas was, in fact, I believe, if everything was... uh, was believed as 100% fact, Henry Lee Lucas would have been the most prolific uh, American serial killer with the highest body count. Certainly Samuel Little is in the same boat for an African-American serial killer. If everything that they claimed is true, he is legit. Because, I mean, like I said, we go back to to the very beginning of our notes, like we had said, you know, he had 60 quote-unquote confirmed kills. Mm-hmm. That was, but again, he was only sentenced for three. Mm-hmm. All of this other shit came out after he was incarcerated. Yeah. Legacy. No, yeah. you're already going to die. Why not, like, add to my legacy? Oops. Make sure my name goes down in fucking history books. I get that. Yeah, but maybe he was, we'll never know. We'll never no. know. No, Samuel Little never could have been 100% honest, but, and every person involved could have been 100% honest. And yes, but, go ahead, Joe. But a lot of his victims actually fit into a very specific, like, characteristic. Tell me. They were females. Yep. They were between like the ages of like 19 and 50 some odd years old. So they would have represented his mother throughout the span of his life. So he would have had hostility towards that type of person 
from the ages of 19 until 50 because he never had that maternal love. He never had that maternal support. The only person who had ever really raised him was his, his grandmother. And God knows even how he was raised by her. But or it's, her age. Or her age. Right. So that leads, that actually, to me, lends more credence to these crimes actually of happening. And right. that because they, 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 they fit it so well. Now, had it been a male here and there who, you know, 19 years old, got bashed across the head, yeah, I killed him. I'd have been like, no, I'm going to start questioning everything. But every single person that he confessed to, every single person that he was suspected or confirmed to be suspected of killing, actually fall to very, very close, like, similarity. They were strangulated, killed, dumped. Strangulated, killed, dumped. Like, that, that, that was his thing. And it was always a female between the ages of 19 and 50. Right, and I mean, and 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 that's kind of the thing where I, you know, and like I said, I I know I I have watched and read a lot about Henry Lee Lucas because to me, there is no other serial killer in American uh, history, certainly in American pop culture, that kind of parallels Samuel Little to me as much as Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah. Because I can't remember exactly how many murders uh, Henry Henry Lee Lucas actually went down for. Feel free to leave us a five star review on Apple or Spotify, and then comment what the actual uh, the actual talk shit to us personally. <laughs> yes, the conviction count was for Henry Lee Lucas, but this is very much the same where you have someone who's convicted of a certain number, and man, does that number grow exponentially. Once they're behind bars. Now, if we take everything at a, at a at face value, we say, okay, we can't trust the word of a serial killer, whether no. that's Samuel Little or Henry Lee Lucas. No. But let's say we blindly support our law enforcement. I'm not getting into that one way or the other, but let's just assume. Um, then, yes, yeah, Samuel Little acts, absolutely goes down as America's most prolific African-American serial killer. No, I would agree. And the fact of the matter is, is that facts be damned, we have to go by what is officially written and attributed to him. The same way with Henry Lee Lucas. You can't talk about Henry Lee Lucas and not talk about all of the additional murders that were laid at his feet per his confession once he was already incarcerated. That's just, that is part and parcel of Henry Lee Lucas, and that is part and parcel of Samuel Little. And in, especially in, in wrapping up here, Joe, yeah. with, again, we, you know, I we thought it would be funny for us to do you know, a Black History Month, because, you know, everyone, when they talk about serial killers, it's white dudes. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, but we wanted to highlight a few of them. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's Black History Month, not percentage-wise. We're but actually, we're kind of equal opportunity offensive. Absolutely. Like, we, we don't, don't care really, what... We really don't give a fuck. I don't care what your skin color or yeah. sexual orientation is. Fuck you. I love you to pieces, but fuck you and fuck your safe space. And uh, honestly, I think Samuel Little, to me, should not be someone that you do not know of. If you're if you're someone who digs into serial killers, and we are, Joe. Oh, yeah. 
But we really didn't know much about Samuel Little. No, Certainly, no, I, no, no. If, Actually, if, when you brought him up, I'm like, who? Right. And to be fair, he should at least be right beside part and parcel next to someone like Henry Lee Lucas. What are you pulling up over there? You're about to speak. What's up? <laughs> Actually, I was trying to find out the terminology for it. And I, I again, it was kind of leading, le- uh, lending credence to what I was talking about with his mother and a lack of love and well-being and socialization and things that happen again a throwback to way back in the day when i was talking about and we can so hear that beer getting me cracked. cracking my final <laughs> beer of the podcast go ahead you do you sir <laughs> um but um there there's a there's a big st- or, or something that should be discussed is that um we, we love to talk about uh, the wet cement theory. I, I especially is that when yes, you don't you do. have, when you don't have that maternal or even paternal love at a very young age, the socially like, I, I guess you could say like negligent outcomes, like the social depravity that it can actually happen from an individual growing up that way, is exponential. It really is. So if his mother grew up, if he grew up with a mother who was a prostitute, who was, um, you know, leaning on drugs to get through her day, she was not there for him. And not to make an excuse for him, but I'm, I'm laying that foundation. That is where somebody cannot have empathy for others. They only see other people as uh, objects and a means of gratification of some like deep seated, um, almost like desire for themselves. And they won't care what they have to do to get to that because that depravity is the only thing that makes them feel whole. And I feel as though Samuel Little, he went through some shit. He grew up in a not so great, you know, lifestyle. He didn't have the childhood that most of us have ever had. And that's the reason why his victims fell so specifically into this, this, this classification is because at certain times throughout his life, because I wasn't sure how old his mother was, um, you know, when she had him, but 19 to 15 spans a whole that, that that's a gigantic fucking leap of years but you can think yourself personally as like certain times where you needed your mama at 10 or 13 or 18 or 20 something you, you could think of specific times throughout your life when you needed a real mom and if she didn't meet those expectations in his own mind that's the reason why he could so easily kind of take out his aggressions, take out his dissatisfaction with his situation on other people. So it's so, so almost objectifying women and not not in the, uh, he was the, the modern hunt. terms. Yeah, he, he was, was objectifying not, no, his mother. You know what I'll say this, he wasn't objectifying, he was projectifying. Yeah, he was projecting. Absolutely. Putting his mother's face yeah. on these women. And again, if it had been... Look if, at me, I'm like fucking <laughs> Freud with, with, with chin hair and a Not a crow a problem, belly. just the big <laughs> I did it. <laughs> but no, uh, say, and I'm not trying to like, you know, bring shit down or anything, but like, seriously, if, if you really like deep seated, think of fucking about it, like that he it did, it, it kind of fit it and it kind of makes sense. And we're two years out and we still haven't heard anything about the fact that any of the things he's confessed to 
they've came back on him. Henry Lee Lucas, on the other hand, I mean, even just a couple of years, I want to believe that even after he confessed, like DNA became a thing. And there were several cases that came back and said there's no way he could have been linked to it. Well, yeah. And, and Samuel Little takes place in a more modern era Absolutely. where there is DNA testing. So I would say at least that lends some credence to his confessions being able to be corroborated more. Uh, but but again, you know, this is the dread. We're, we're, I, I'm not and here. And I'm sorry if I went off on a tangent. No, I just wanted no, to explain that. No, no, That's that. why people are here. You, you motherfuckers know. You can listen to anybody talk about fucking serial killers. A, we like to bring the obscura. B, you fucking love John and Joe, and this is the fucking reason why, and we're not going to keep you too much longer here because we know where we're at, but but yeah, I, I will. I, to me, I would love to see some more deep dives on Samuel Little. Oh, yeah. After researching Samuel Little, and... and, and he's intriguing. I, he's very intriguing. I would love to see s- certainly some more docs. Well, I don't, A, I don't know if there's any documentary <laughs> going on, but if there's anybody who's listening, dive investigation. Well, if there's like, anybody, absolutely. if there's anybody who does it, I would imagine, especially you know, he's talking Texas Rangers, he's talking to sheriffs out of Mississippi, Kentucky, Ohio, things of that nature. There's got to be film footage because there was film footage when this shit was happening with Henry Lee Lucas back in the seventies and eighties and Dreadheads. If I'm wrong about the eighties, tear me apart. But leave a five-star Apple review and a five-star Spotify review, and I'll send you a free <laughs> sticker or two. Uh, but you have Samuel we'll Little. Do- silence. <laughs> you you have Samuel Little having these confessions going on in the early two thousands. Yeah. There should absolutely be a lot of uh, physical media that goes along with it. I would love to see a documentarian tackle this. Pers- if for no reason else other than as it stands right now, to the best of my research, Samuel Little is the most prolific African-American serial killer in American history. And I think that deserves some research and a dig and a documentary too. Even if the documentary comes out and says, hey, everything was on par and above snuff, cool. Then Samuel Little, and I hate to say it this way, dreadheads, but you all know how I mean this. Then Samuel Little gets the credit he actually deserves. Mm-hmm. As bad as the credit is, he yeah. gets to say, he deserves hey. deserves the title. There he does. Not credit. Or, or if that's not the case, then he at least deserves the title, in my opinion, of America's black, African-American, whatever you want to call it, Henry Lee Lucas, that was caught for a few and then because he had no way out, who knows what kind of conniving, convincing went along behind the scenes for some of these different offices to clean their books. But Joe... And I'll add to that. All though, right, this uh, is the last this speculation. Is the last thing. Where are our fucking forensic pathologists and our forensic technicians that could possibly fucking pick this case apart? That's but most what I of the, but most of the things he was confessing to was in the seventies and eighties. There's no real but physical if there evidence. Is, around. Sometimes they do keep physical evidence. Why not pull it out of the archives? Why not put or help out some of these families that have lineage and hoping that that was the case, trying to set fucking shit closed. 
why not give him that piece? Well, Just I'll saying. Say, I'll say that's this. That's the reason that there's fucking forensics. I'll say this for 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 the family and friends of of the potential victims and and just for the and I I don't I, we're not the same so don't fucking get your panties in a fucking wad. But for even the fans of true crime, to me if you're a documentarian who loves to talk about true crime, Samuel Little is massively untapped potential. Yeah. And I really, I know they're probably not listening to this. We have a good audience, but it's mostly all of our fucked up clues. We're kind of like the insane clown posse <laughs> oh of God. fucking, no, no, you know, but let me finish, of true crime podcasts. Like, we, we have our people, and year after year, a few more come into the fold and things of that nature. But honestly, if you ever thought about, there's anyone out there who's thought about doing true crime documentary. I think Samuel Little is absolutely worth your time and your research. Absolutely. And you will be doing a great service to the true crime community and maybe to the American public as a whole if he was this vile of a person, bring him to light. Yes. If he was a tool of the the deep state or the state or the police state, bring that to light. And I think at that point, Joe... We wrap it up because, again, if you've ever heard of Henry Lee Lucas, you listen to this podcast, there's no way you can't draw parallels with Samuel Little. Oh, yeah. And, again, we're not here to talk about Samuel Lee Lucas because it's... It's motherfucking Black History Month. You said Samuel Lee Lucas, Henry Lee Lucas. Henry Lee Lucas. Ebony (laughs) and Ivory. (laughs) I'd be stroking and choking, but yes... But yes, so we are wrapping it up now. This, I think, the perfect fucking way to kick off Black History Month with Samuel Little. I think this is a great episode to kick this off with. Absolutely. And I really do encourage all of y'all, if you really find this one fascinating, out of all the episodes we've done so far, this is the one I would love to see some other people maybe be able to dig some info that I couldn't. And then maybe even down the line, we revisit some shit that comes out because I think there's a shitload about Samuel Little that is not well known enough. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, Dreadheads, that wraps up our first of four episodes for the month of February, which again in the USA is Black History Month. Uh, Joe, I, I fucking loved, uh, not Samuel Little, but I love talking about him. Yeah, no, that, this has been fun. Absolutely. This is a great kickoff to this month. Absolutely. And I'm really some... looking forward. Next week, we're yes. doing Henry Louis Wallace, who he does not have a nickname. I'm not going to tell you the nickname I've came up with, <laughs> but there is a He's nickname a I've came up boy. with, but he is a hometown boy in the Carolinas mm-hmm. of the U.S. And even we though- We didn't even know about You him. weren't down here at the no, time, but I was, because you came from Illinois, yeah. never knew of this guy. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm doing some big dig research and- uh, Dreadheads, mm-hmm. you're gonna love. It. I promise you, you're gonna. The, the, honestly, and I don't even. I'm not even. You guys know me. I don't pander. These next, this episode, and the next three. Well, we're doing the Black History Month of Syria. I didn't pick anybody. Most of y'all are gonna know, but I did pick shit that you are going to want to know. So just like Samuel Little, the next three upcoming episodes, 
We are called Spread the Dread for a reason. You better spread that shit. I'm telling you, you're not getting this shit nowhere else, Joe. No. You're not getting this shit nowhere else. And that's, I, well, you know what? Fuck yeah, I am bragging on me and you. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you're going to love it. We love obscure. Yep. The if more you, obscure, the better. You, the harder it is to research, the fucking better. Yep. And because, I, and I am bragging on us because no, that's fuck, the who shit we're to, into. I don't want to fucking hear about the same fucking serial killers every other motherfucker has no. covered. I don't give a shit about them. I want to know the more heinous the, and more obscure fucking killers. There is so much I more out there. I want to know there. the depths, the depravity of humanity. Absolutely. And I promise you, if you've got your top five to ten most proli- or most well-known serial killers, you ain't even scratching no, the surface. you ain't even touching our top. Like, no. You, hell, you're not even touch, touching our top 20. No. Fuck And off. that's why you come here week after week. Again, Dreadheads, it is great. To be back for the third week in the row. And thank you for the support in the downtime, too. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Again, if you want to pour in any more of those donation or merch purchases, show where do they go? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Absolutely. You're going to find links to all of our major podcast platforms, all of our social media places, and again, where you can donate, where you can buy t-shirts, All of the designs that are on our merch store are made by Joe, and they are cooler than any true podcast, (laughs) true crime podcast you listen to. So definitely do that again. Shout out to Cassie and Martina, who donated, as well as Marty and, oh, I thought I was going to pull it. Oh, I thought I was going to pull it. Jonathan has the better memory between the two of us, and so I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> Marty, Marty Bass and Christina Marie for their five-star. That star. is so fucked up. You didn't remember her name because that's my middle name. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> verily, verily, we move along, Dreadheads. <laughs> so, yes, thank y'all for your donations and your five-star reviews again. On Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, even if it's just the stars or stars and review, or on Spotify where you can only leave the star review. Take a screenshot of it. Email us, which Marty Bass said that was the first review we've ever gotten emailed, but yes, we checked that shit. You can email us at spreadthedreadpodcast.com or on uh, Facebook or IG, and then you will get two, two motherfucker Five star super spreader spread the dread podcast stickers, one for yourself and one to share or put on the back of a road sign or whatever like that. So again, thank you all for your donations. Thank you all for your insane download numbers. Yeah. And thank y'all wow. for sticking with us. Joe, is that it? That wraps it up, yeah, doesn't doll, it? Yeah, no, that's it. All right, like we do every episode, let's close it out by saying, I'm John. And I'm Joe. And you have just listened to a brand new episode of Spread the Dread podcast. No matter if you're listening at morning, noon, or night, do like our man Jack Torrance says. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?